You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast on the IoT for All Media Network. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, one of the co-creators of IoT for All. Now, before we jump into this episode, please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or join our newsletter at IoTforAll.com newsletter to catch all the newest episodes as soon as they come out. Before we get started, if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast-growing and profitable IoT market but don't know where to start, check out our sponsor, Leverage's IoT solutions development platform, which provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Vishal, to the IoT for All show. How are things going on your end? Yeah, they're doing great. Thanks, Ryan. How about you? Pretty good. Uh, not too bad. We're getting warm weather down here in the D.C. area, so it's uh, it's very encouraging to be able to get outside after work and do some activities out there as opposed to being locked in here and it getting dark at 4.30. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, why don't you start off by just giving a quick introduction uh, to our audience? You know, Talk about your background a little bit, experience, uh, kind of what, what brought you to you know being one of the founders of Zenduit, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit more afterwards. Okay, great. Yeah, well... Um... Got uh, kind of got started uh, in in this IoT space and, and since then do it um, almost about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But a little bit prior to that, uh, is what kind of I was working with Siemens Medical on medical devices, and that was my first exposure to IoT and camera AI, where we're trying to sort of improve the way we read medical specimens. And uh, I was always a process guy. I was looking for ways to in ways people could work more efficiently. How technology and people kind of intersected in, in that and uh, mm-hmm. sort of got involved. I was pretty entrepreneurial. So, you know, at the point of where, um, you know, formulating a few ideas, I, I kind of started in sort of the telematic space when it was just basically GPS tracking, you know, where we were sure. talking about vehicles and people wanted to know where things were. But right now, as things sort of evolved, uh, you know, started this business in Zenduit, which is um, more on the IoT solutions and integration space. Sure. So I've been, I've been, um, been kind of in this for about ten years, and uh, mm-hmm. been always kind of uh, always innovating because there's always fun new technology out there, and right. um, and looking for ways in which we can kind of improve the way people people leverage IoT and technology, uh, and specifically on camera. camera for tech. sure, right? Yeah. Um, I'd love you to, to, if you could expand on the kind of the founding of, of Zenduit and just a little bit more about the backstory there. It's always interesting for me and our audience to just get kind of that inside look into the opportunity you saw in the market, uh, you know, where, what you saw as the potential fit and the solution that you guys could provide um, and kind of how Zenduit came to be. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, when, when, and it's kind of relates to uh, kind of the ma- evolution and maturity of kind of our industry too, right? So when I mm-hmm. when we started about ten years ago, um, you know, it, it, even before before starting, I was quite interested in kind of the fleet market, like vehicles. And yeah, yeah, right, sure. The emerging sort of tech was on on GPS tracking, and that's kind of kind of where we started. Like we looked at like we looked at vehicles and dots on a map, and hey, you know, generally the question was, "Where's my guys? How long are they there?" Uh, yeah, and and sort of. The software part of it and, and interested me, like how these, how we got this hardware on these vehicles, how it communicated to the cellular networks and how people kind of got the result on a map, right? And mm-hmm. it's very cool to me, but, you know, as, as you know, through the last 10 years, you know, as technology's sort of evolved, 
there was kind of a growing need for customers to integrate this tech and this data to other software systems, like how, you know, we need an application that helps, you know, anytime a customer arrives at a certain location, I want to get a notification or to my customers, or, you know, if they're delayed, I want to get some sort of update on my system, ERP system, or whatever that might be. Right. That's where Zenduit started, uh, you know, which to be on the software solutions company. So I felt like there was a bit of a gap uh, between sort of those companies providing these little GPS trackers out of the box and mm-hmm. what customers were looking for in terms of having um, some sort of automation on top of that, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's where I look to kind of evolve, um, you know, build some software applications mm-hmm. for our customers. Mm-hmm. It, and and we looked at di- every industry sort of has a different sort of use case and and sort of mm. started evolving on that tech and it you know became you know asset trackers it became camera and camera vision is kind of where we kind of put a lot of focus and attention today okay um and and that's where we're sort of innovating because there's just so much you can do with sort of artificial sure. intelligence and and sure. so um, but yeah that's that's kind of how the business has evolved we're in Mississauga. Toronto, um, but we've also opened up an office in in Dubai, working with the the airport over there. Um, okay, and again, same sort of deal, looking at how IoT can better improve right. business operations at the airport. And so, it, so it's been kind of exciting to see that evolution go from right, right, right. basic dots on a map to you know how do we improve aircraft turnaround in terms of timing and speed, right? Um, so it's it's uh, it's kind of where we evolve and. Hope to continue to evolve along that right. So, so I have two quick questions kind of as a follow up to that. One on the computer vision side, can you explain to our audience kind of what computer vision is, um, and then I'll sure. follow up with a question. Yeah, so that. I mean, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's interesting uh, in the sense of like uh, we we interpret uh, you know when I first got into the space, you know, it's sort of that manual look of video and. You know, if you think about it, you know, in terms of a human, like a security person, they're watching video and they're they're sort of looking for events they can see on a video um, mm-hmm. from a security perspective. And then they're kind of tracking and trying to action out certain events. Like if somebody's doing some theft, you know, they're monitoring it and they do it. Right. But the computer vision is just about, uh, and computer vision and AI is just about automating and detecting different types of events that, that are of interest, right? Okay. Um, when 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 I got into the space uh, working with Siemens Medical, it was around medical specimens where we had a camera pointed at uh, test tubes that are going through um, an assembly sort of solution, and it was to sort of tr- it was supposed to to scan uh, the barcode, but also the the size of the test tube. You know, there's right. all there's there's like like hundreds of different sizes of test tubes and. You know, they would be fed into different systems based on their sizing and other uh, little attributes of, of, of these test tubes. And so sure. that was my first exposure onto computer vision. And, you know, at the time, it was just as simple as sort of detecting the size and, and reading the barcode and, yep. and sort of on the computer side, making a decision about what to do with that. Right. Right. Uh, but right. That, so that's kind of a, I guess, a layman's term. Uh, yeah, that's great. Vision. Yeah. That's great. So how does this um, play into kind of what you're doing over there, um, I guess, in Dubai with on the airport side? I saw there's a little bit of information around like counting passengers, detecting faces and security and that kind of thing. Like, how is that? How is computer vision playing a role in the use cases you all are launching? 
Yeah, so we're doing uh, doing a lot of research in terms of how we can um, use computer vision and AI okay. to to help in these business operations. So right now we're kind of on some research activities. Uh, from right now, we on on the airport, you know, passenger side, we have passengers go get trans transported from their gates uh, by a bus, often to their uh, to the respective aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's where, like you know, especially looking at um, these premium airlines, first class passengers, there's obviously a big concern on making sure that passengers comfort is, um, is, um, is at the highest level, like throughout the process, right. And, you know, with computer, uh, with cameras, with computer vision, you know, detecting, you know, the number of people on a bus to make sure that it's not over capacity, sure. uh, by, by, you know, the computer, the camera could see how many people are there. And also even looking at things like comfort level, are they standing? Are they sitting? Um, so just just detect, uh, looking and collecting that type of data okay. uh, and, and looking at that over the course of a, a day or, or months, you can see where there might be overcapacity. And, and, and then you start to make a decision of, hey, do we need to have more buses or do we sure, need to sure. do certain things around co- passenger comfort? So those are the things that we're kind of doing some uh, research activities there at the airport. Okay. Uh, there's obviously a lot of different use cases we can get into, but on 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 on, on that, that camera side. Um, but you know, more traditionally, you know, from the software that we offer, we're focusing a lot more on specific driver-facing um, you know, detection of fatigue okay. right. and detection right. of if they're on their phone. Uh, you know, are are they are they navigating the road where they're in, in a proper way, like you know, not not. Kind of going into lanes, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the things that I'm sure that we're all pretty familiar with with these, you know, uh, cameras on, on vehicles right. today, but slightly different interests and use cases when we're talking about business owners managing their drivers on the road. Right. Uh, of course, there's a concern around uh, safety and liability and risk. You know, especially when you're dealing with in high risk uh, transport of goods like oil and hazards. So, um, so you know, at the airports, kind of that comfort level for passengers but more traditionally you know our business is uh where most of our business and sales uh is involved is more on the driver transport market because it's just a huge market um for for makes sense improving them and again it's also for for driver comfort as well right fatigue and um so all of this is information we're we're collecting and and looking away better ways to take these data and and insights and, and give them more um, solutions to customers and how they can right. improve their business. So, so how does it work when it comes to integrating in the AI component? Uh, we know AI is something that a lot of people have different opinions on uh, how effective it can be, uh, how reliable it is. It's you know, is it something that works 100 percent of the time? You know, is it 100 percent reliable? You know, all those kind of questions. So, how do you all approach this type of conversation with customers and kind of inform them the value that AI plays in the solutions that you guys build? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, it's, for us right now, it's also important for us to set proper expectations on what AI is with customers. Uh, you know, some people think of AI as, a, you know, something, a black box that can really solve everything. But really, we're at a level of still maturing what AI is. And then, like you said, it's very difficult to achieve 100%, you know, accuracy on any AI model you, you develop. And let me kind of explain what, like an example, right? So we... For example, or you know, are continually building our AI for something as simple as like, hey, detecting a, uh, whether a driver's on their phone or not, right? It, to improve 
safety, you know, and, and vehicles and making sure that drivers are attentive to the road, right? But in that AI, building that AI, you know, drivers could have, you know, a mic, you know, a CB radio in their hand or, or, or they might have their phone in their hand, but it's about right. improving that model of detection, right? So like what we, the work that we do uh, to, to sort of improve that is we take each of these events, you know, in the, and this is about building an AI model is about taking each event and sort of tagging it. Is this, is this, um, is this an actual driver on the phone or is it not driver on the phone? Mm-hmm. And as you kind of tag these events, right? In it's sort of machine learning, right? You're saying, yes, it is on the phone. No, it's, he's not on the phone. You're sort of improving the accuracy of your AI model, right? So now, right. you know, I, in the ideal scenario, you know, just going back to the security example, right? You don't want anyone kind of continuously monitoring some video or events and seeing a lot of false positive. And it's mm-hmm. for us, it's just about that, right? Improving the accuracy of, of AI. So when we talk to our customers about AI, we talk, we talk to them about, you know, where we are at with the level of ability for us to detect certain events. And I think like, sure. if we don't do that kind of, if we don't have that kind of conversation, um, you know, customers can get disappointed, what, what, like, you know, in, in the, any, in these types of scenarios, right? There's of AI for facial detection, right? Sure. There's AI for detecting objects and, and right. based on this, you know, you can do many different things like facial detection. Maybe you put it into a database and you're saying, Hey, this person is. X, you know, this uh, is uh, John Smith or is Ryan or is Vishal, right? But now when you're introducing all these variables about facial masks and, you know, all this other thing, it becomes a lot more difficult to detect. And now you have to introduce new variables in your modeling of AI, right? Or how, right, how right, you right. better detect certain events. So, you know, it's, it's super difficult. It's, uh, you know, with customers, uh, when we talk about AI, it's about setting proper expectations on what the AI model can achieve. But obviously the goal and, uh, you know, what we're trying to set expectation with the customer is that this is where we're trying to be and go, right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, hopefully that gives an idea of, you know, where, what AI is and where we're kind yeah, of going. Of course. But, but also the, you know, the challenge of trying to improve your AI model, right? Yeah, so I guess that's a good good point to kind of expand on here. So when it comes to building reliable AI AI models, um, can you talk about the like just at a high level the the process that goes into that, the time that usually takes, you know, kind of why it matters, uh, and how that results in in getting good quality data uh, on the AI side, and maybe that's more of data going in initially so that AI can kind of deal with it and make adjustments, um, but just kind of answering that in you know, as simple as terms as possible. Sure. I, I mean, the biggest thing that's, you know, important is, is the, the quantity of data, the machine learning, right? The more information right. you give to an AI model, you know, the, 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 the better it can become, perform, right? So, um, you know, in, in the simplest form, um, to achieve a good AI model, um, we need, well, on a camera site, we need good resolution on, on, on the, the images. So that means putting the camera and positioning it in such a way that we're getting the features of what we're trying to do in a clear mm-hmm. way. So if it's like driver, you know, if I'm trying to determine, you know, we were working on a project where automatically determine when the driver comes in the vehicle, like one of the traditional factors of driver identification is them scanning in on the vehicle with their little mm-hmm. key fob, right? Right. But that's like, that's like mental energy to scan your key fob on, on something or log into something to sort of say, Hey, I'm on here. Right. 
it's, right, right. it's much better to just see who's there and you know and so what we're trying to work on is like saying hey let's let's look at who's coming who's in the vehicle by their face and let's match them up like how your nest cam is it match a group that mm-hmm. face and, and mm-hmm. into uh into into somebody so we know it's john smith or if it's a student or uh, you know your kids are going on a bus knowing which kids are coming on the bus so you can have attendance or you know what when they're leaving or how many kids are on the right bus. but the big challenge is positioning where the camera is and having enough data to accurately determine that this is john it's not from the side of the face or it's the front of the face you know so this is the this is the challenge in, of of uh you know different things we should consider when we're right. um, building a strong ai model is, okay. is 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 defining what we're looking for and defining you know the, and a good test strategy of of building the the ai model right that hates right. if we're looking for this face we want to position it in front of the driver right um, right but it's it's definitely a, a challenge depending on what you're trying to do and this level of sophistication, um, you know, you know, we're trying to get with 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 these cameras. So how does then um, where does the edge component play into this? Because obviously, you know, another thing out there is people talk about edge AI. So edge kind of more, AI more at the edge. Can you talk about how you make a decision between um I'm doing AI more at the edge versus not at the edge and kind of what that looks like for, you know, the layman out there who's kind of trying to understand where AI comes in, how it can be applied and the benefits of kind of doing it at different points along the solution kind of process. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So camera, camera AI at the edge versus in the cloud, right? So basically what, when we talk about this, what we're talking about is when I record a video or an event, you know, either that, that image, let's suppose, let's suppose it's something like, um, I'm driving through a stop sign, right? Okay. You know, I can't really do that uh, in the cloud, right? Because it's like, other unless I'm sending all that video to the cloud, right? And that costs a lot of money because it's cellular data, right? And, you know, it'll be like gigs of data for sending video to the cloud, right? So I don't want to do, I don't want to send all that video to the cloud. Um, one, it'll also take a lot of processing power from sending a lot of data in cloud and, and, and cost, very costly on the, on the, on the server side, if I'm setting up right. for stop driving through a stop sign, right? Like okay. just to detect that one event, right? That's why you need camera on edge to, because, you know, the camera on edge is going to drive that recording or event only when it detects those objects right on the camera itself, right? So sure. it's like it's programming the hardware in such a way that I'm looking for this specific type of event. And it might include more than just the camera. It's about I'm driving at a certain speed, you know, I'm not stopped, right? I'm driving over a certain speed and I can see that there's a stop sign on the camera sure. and sort of detecting that, you know, I know that's kind of right there on the edge because, you know, yep. I'm not yep. feeding all that video to the cloud. I'm, I'm detecting that there. And that's where the camera is sort of making a decision of let me now send an alert or let me let the driver know that they've made a mistake in which hopefully they'll coach and improve. Uh, but that's kind of a high level kind of differentiator between edge and, and cloud. And the the thing about the cloud is you can get data going to the cloud to then build an algorithm to then feed, uh, you know program the little the camera to b- detect on the edge, right? So there's there's the ability to kind of take all that data in the cloud and and, and then pro- program things on the edge. But the edge is what allows us to get more real time. Uh, analysis of data, okay. and, that's, and we we see that every day. Uh, like if sure. you're driving near vehicles, you'll see edge processing of cameras on yep. lane detection, forward collision warning, 
And um, that stuff is really important. It's not perfected. I mean, I drive a I drive a Tesla, and you know, there's been certain instances where I'm on autopilot, and I'm like, you know, okay, is the car gonna stop now? Okay, it's like getting a little concerning here or there. I'm not trying to, you know, badmouth Tesla in any way. I mean, it's a great vehicle, and I love it. <laughs> but you know, it's it's always those. Uh, and nobody wants to talk about those little things, right? That that happened. Sure. Uh, but but it's it's still there's still little nuances between. You know, I'm up in Canada. There's snow. There's this and that. There's so many yeah, variables. So, you know, it's there's still a lot to lot to do with with the edge side of things as well to make mm-hmm. it very reliable, in my opinion. Um, so when people start talking about you know that we're going to have all autonomous vehicles driving and and, and uh, right, you know, tomorrow I, I, I sort of like hesitate being in the industry I'm in, and and you know driving <laughs> the sort of best in class autonomous type vehicles. Sure. Sure. You, you, you think about that. So I think, you know, there's there's the camera side, but I think there's also like if we're talking about autonomous vehicles, there's also things that need to be done on the uh, on the mm. infrastructure itself to okay. support support each other. And that's what's also like in this industry is also like is sort of camera AI, but also looking at things to support the cameras as well. Like, sure. you know, blame markers, you know, or. Sure. Other types of IoT, like you know, a badge or Bluetooth, to sort of detect what's going on, and having the camera be better at doing some AI. Yeah, I think there. an interesting thing about autonomous vehicles is, especially now where not all vehicles obviously are autonomous. I might I drive a Jeep Cherokee, which has a lot of interesting technology in it, like lane departure warnings and things. You know, where there are there the cameras are looking at the road telling me if i'm in the lane or not in the lane moving me back in that kind of stuff not to the extent of what a tesla does by any means but it's it's come a long way mm-hmm. um but yeah when it rains or when it snows it can't see the lane so it turns that feature off um but i'm curious as to um how the experience will be as more cars can kind of communicate with one another and the cars can be talking back and forth so you kind of you know let them kind of handle where they are in relation to each other, where they're in relation to, you know, the road and things like that. And I mean, in theory, if we, if all cars were able to communicate with each other and be autonomous, then maybe that's kind of where we get to, um, to make it successful. But I think we're still a little ways from, from getting there, especially when you have human error in when anytime anybody drives a car at the moment. Yeah, no, that, and that's, that's a very interesting topic. I mean, that's what we, when we start talking about neural networks, I think right. that's like the topic of kind of like how everything communicates with everything. Exactly. And, and, and it's kind of like, um, it's, it's, it's so interesting because now you're getting, you're not just using your own little cameras data to improve the way things work. It's like sure. using everybody's data to improve the way things work. And, um, and I, and I think it's really what, will be needed to, to really make this thing uh, more robust, right? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know if by itself any sort of, if I'm just collecting vehicle data on my one sort of vehicle, that's sure. not enough to sort of support the the growth and improvement of... of in, no. If, let's say, like if I have, you know, all our vehicles are have data we're collecting and we know that there's a pothole or some issue in a particular mm-hmm. area, you know, and that can tell me, tell other vehicles that same type of issue... Now we have a very powerful neural network, and sure. uh, it's it could be that it could be then also infrastructure that the city is also now considering because they want to you know have vision zero lower you know number of accidents out on the mm-hmm. road. You'll see that kind of concept being promoted by a lot of cities. Vision zero, zero right, 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 or death, right. So, but it's so it's like the request of now auto manufacturers to also 
look at how to make the cities more intelligent as well. But yeah, you sure. know, all these things are going to be sort of going to be playing their part. Um, but I think, you know, part of this kind of evolving will require some regulatory changes as well. I, 100%. I, think, right? I think there's there's always like two steps forward and then one step back because yesterday <laughs> there was that, um, that you know, that uh, data breach. I don't know if you, you saw that. There was a fit, but 15,000 cameras, uh, I think, uh, hacked, including oh, Tesla, wow. Tesla factory and, and hospitals, prisons. Uh, basically, you know, these hackers uh, hacked uh, sort of a can- camera manufacturer through some super okay. admin login. And they wow. were able to kind of get into all, everyone's cameras uh, in all these facilities, detect faces and match those faces against who, who those people are, mm-hmm. you know, detect, you know, uh, you know, so basically it's a huge data breach and like, you know, companies, huge companies like Tesla and Cloudflare, big news. So it's always, it's like, you know, we're trying to innovate, progress, move forward, kind of me being in the tech space and the camera space, but then, you know, we get data breaches and security side of things. Uh, and that's where I think uh, the regulation, you know, we're trying to move forward regulation that makes things more open and sharing knowledge, but then you get these sort of data breaches and it's sort of like you get two, you get taken two steps back uh, mm-hmm. where now it's like, okay, government's not as happy uh, to kind of have those open data sharing type agreements or, or right. those sorts of, sorts of things. So it's, it's, it's a tricky situation, right? And I think the security is really what's going to sort of, which I think definitely needs to be considered, but it's something that I think is always going to be need to, well, pro- well for good reasons, kind of slow a few of these things down, right? And I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, for sure. As we um, kind of wrap up here, I wanted to ask you one question just from a high level viewpoint, um, as you guys are very actively involved on the AI side on you know, the computer vision in IoT and so forth. What other trends that we haven't talked about today have you been seeing on the computer vision side of things? Um, and where do you kind of see the future of it going over the next you know, 12 to 18 months or so? Um, on trend side, um there's so there's so many interesting areas to look on the trend side. I think the neural network is certainly an area that that I that I see a lot of opportunity. What we're talking about is cameras talking to each other, collecting data. Uh, right now, where I, I, I look at it right now from um, a customer point of view, uh, right now we have these cameras, and I think generally people are looking at it still from like a security camera point of view, where they get these events, they look at these videos and, and events, but I think it's really about uh, where I see the trend on, on potentially on videos is this managed service. So this service of actually a third party managing all these video events and managing it at a, at a third party level. Um, okay. So that's where I see some of that is more of a service layer on top of this, uh, on top of the, on top of the video. Um, so I, because I, I think that one is people might not have the skill or knowledge to kind of or to even time, a lot of it's just mm-hmm. time to Fair manage enough. all these events and, and what to do after the event. So now there's, I see a lot of third-party services being developed around, um, especially because, you know, it's kind of evolving the security and monitoring industry a little bit, but having third-party services to manage and monitor these events on behalf of companies. Um, right. And so I, I think I see a lot of that service being developed okay. uh, and also improving the way we, um, uh, organize this information into neural networks and to agreed um, into machine learning to improve the AI model. So 
there's companies that are more focused now on, on kind of developing those services and, and helping improve. Uh, um, and, and another area I think I see a lot of development on trending wise is just um, is just managing regulations around um, from a government side is just around cameras, um, you know, autonomous vehicles, security. Uh, so I see a lot more a lot of trends kind of in that space, too, which I think is going to change the way right. companies like us you know, innovate and develop this hardware solutions. Um, Chinese companies, maybe there'll be some restrictions against them, who knows, on the camera side of things. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of <laughs> those types of services and regulations being developed, which I think are, are um, going to, it's kind of where I think things are right now, the focus is being driven. Yeah, so basically the last question I have before before we finish up here is, um, kind of a funny question because I feel like it's asked and joked about and but not a lot of real context is ever given when this is asked. But the question is, is AI going to take over the world? You know, people get scared of it. They worry about it. Um, but is that really something that they should um, be concerned about? Or is are we really not at that stage? Do we really not see it going there? And kind of what are your what are your opinions there? Yeah, it's, it's a funny question. We'll, we watch we'll watch way too many movies. So it's always a fun <laughs> question to ask. I, I love it. Uh, but no, I, I don't think it's going to take over the world. Uh, okay. I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, in, at least not in our lifetimes or, you know, I don't think any, any time soon for sure. I mean, AI, it's, it's important everyone understands artificial intelligence, truly like, you know, sent, like independent artificial intelligence is very, very hard. I mean, even where we are today, I feel is so, uh, still at the starting stages of AI. So I, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. And um, so I, 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 no, <laughs> I, I have to say it's a bit hard no for me. Okay. Uh, so uh, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> awesome. Well, Vishal, this has been a fantastic conversation. I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Uh, I would love for if you could quickly um, tell our audience where they can find out more information about Zenduit, how they can kind of reach out, if they have any questions, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, yeah. And our, our websites and do it, uh, just Google us. But uh, yeah, we're, we're an IoT solutions company. We, we get involved with a lot of different enterprises about you know different problems they're having and, and talk a little bit about how IoT cameras can help sort of solve those problems and build mm -hmm. a sort of solution you know, um, for you know, business, business use cases for them. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate the time. Again, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thanks for taking the, the time to be on here. Um, and would love to have you back at some point in the future. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Love being here, too. Thanks. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan.iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a featured guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.